Beth Finn, and this is See Beth Run. In this week's episode, I talk about being homesick for Philadelphia, delegating the things that don't have to be done by the candidate, and voter outreach through texting. I also talk about starting to put my thoughts on issues in writing, learning about mixed income housing, and remembering why I decided to run. Here we go again. Hi, I'm Beth Finn, and I am running for Philadelphia City Council at large. Today is Sunday, August 12th, 2018, and it's around 11.30 p.m. here in Philadelphia, where I am ready to talk about my reflections on week 10. I can't believe I'm already 10 uh, weeks into this, but um, yeah, I'm ready to talk about uh, my reflections from this week. So uh, it's interesting, this week was a little bit uh, uh, lower key on the campaign front, because I was actually away uh, for work in London. I, uh, I've i been going there every other month for work. Um, so, so yeah, so I was there again this week, um, and uh, it was interesting, I don't know, interesting, but I found that this was the first time that I really wished that I were home in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I, I travel a lot for work or for, um, you know, personal things, and I, I like to travel, um, and I'm always happy to come home, you know, at the end of the trip, but this was the first trip, I think, where I kind of said, I wish I were home in Philadelphia, uh, even from the start of it, and um, I think it's because since I started this campaign, um, the roots that I've put down here are getting even stronger. And I just, you know, I'm so focused on Philadelphia. This is where I want to be. Um, And it's not that I never want to leave the city. I mean, people need vacations and people need breaks. But I just found that I was wishing I was home in in my city in Philadelphia. Um, So that was something really interesting that I noticed uh, while I was away this week. Um, And then kind of along those lines, uh, so for seven of the last 10 years, I have done the Princess Half Marathon in Disney World every February. And registration for 2019 opened up um, this past week. And I had to make the really tough choice not to register because I think being away for uh, four or five days, especially in February when we're near or in the petition period, um, is just not the right thing while I'm running for office. Um, So I made that really tough choice to not sign up for the Princess Half Marathon, and um, I'm a little sad to miss it, but I know that it's the right choice for this time in my life and this year. And, uh, you know, uh, there will be other princess half marathons and, um, and I will get to do them. Um, and, uh, and maybe I'm a little glad that I don't have to train for that over the winter, which is never fun in Philadelphia running in the winter, not fun. Uh, cause you mostly have to do it inside on the treadmill and anybody who's a runner will tell you that that is not fun. <laughs> so, um, uh, I guess it's a mixed blessing that I'm not registered for the Princess Half Marathon. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, one of the other things I thought a lot about this week, um, and it was interesting, I was talking to one of the members of my kitchen cabinet, 
And he said, well, how much time are you spending on internal facing stuff versus external facing stuff with the campaign? And I really thought about it. And when I, when I talked to him, I said, well, I think maybe like 65% external facing. So that's meeting with people, that's um, you know, going to events, um, networking, that kind of thing. And, and the 35% on the internal stuff, you know, working on the paperwork type stuff or bu building on my, my website or doing social media or those kinds of things. Um, and you know, and I thought about it more throughout the week and I said, you know, I really think actually that it's closer to 80% external and 20% internal. But I think that that's a problem because I think the internal stuff is maybe suffering a little bit. I probably should be spending a little more time on those things than I am. And, um, you know, I think that I, it's easier for me to choose the external facing stuff. I'm such a people person and I enjoy talking to people. I really, uh, I'm fueled by those one-on-one -on -one conversations that I'm having with people or when I go to events and meet new people. Those things really fuel my passion. I'm such an extrovert. I get my energy from being around other people. Um, and so, um, so maybe it's a little bit of avoidance doing that internal stuff. But um, the other thing it made me realize is that um, maybe those are the things that I should get a little better about delegating. Um, I... I can't staff out having one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? That's something that I have to do myself. But working on my website is probably a task that I could give to somebody else to do. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that lately. And I think, you know, in an earlier episode, I talked uh, a little bit about delegating. And this is maybe the next step in the evolution of my thoughts on that. Uh, let me delegate the tasks that... Um, that makes sense to delegate, right? There are some things I cannot delegate, some things that the candidate must do herself. And, um, so, uh, and fortunately, those are the things that I really like and really enjoy. But that means that, um, that I have to be even more diligent about delegating those other things that, um, that I can. So yeah, thinking a lot about that. <laughs> um, see other, Another interesting thing this week, or I don't know, something of note, is that I actually did not go canvassing this weekend. Um, I, you know, I had just gotten back from my work trip to London. <clears throat> I got back on Friday night, and um, Saturday I actually went down to um, D.C., to Northern Virginia. That's where I grew up. Um, we had a family get-together for my cousin who is visiting. She, My cousin is living in Turkey right now, and um, she is here visiting. So we all uh, got together to see her and, um, and, and things like that. So, so Saturday I was, I was uh, traveling for that. And then so today, Sunday, I, I just really felt like I needed a little bit of a break. I have been running... Um, I'm running myself ragged, probably, if I'm going to be honest. And <clears throat> um, that is my usual MO. I, I do tend to uh, run around like a chicken with my head cut off sometimes. But, um, but I think, uh, you know, I made the decision. I didn't know, um, I hadn't committed to canvassing for anybody today because I thought that we were actually going to stay over in D.C. last night um, with my parents. But we ended up driving back, and, and so I, I, 
I pro I could have gone out canvassing today, but I just decided that I needed to take a little bit of time to, one, I needed to do some laundry, but two, um, just take a little bit of downtime um, and try and catch up on some things. And so I did that. Um, and while I think I definitely needed it, I, I slept in a little bit. I, um, uh, I did some cleaning up that I needed to do. I got some errands done that I needed to do. But, um, but the whole time, I again, kind of like when I was in London, feeling like I should have been in Philadelphia, the whole time I still was sort of thinking about all of the things for the campaign that I could be doing or maybe should be doing. And <clears throat> um, so it was... It was sort of a mixed blessing, and um, I think uh, also, uh, you know, some of why I um, some of why I schedule myself so much is that I feel like if I have so much free time, I maybe get fewer things done because I keep thinking, oh, I've got plenty of time to do it. But when I have a lot of things going on, I just keep, you know, working through the next task and the next task and the next task. And I, um, I feel like I'm a lot more efficient then. <laughs> so, uh, you know, interesting, I don't know, reflections on uh, busy versus not busy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, that internal versus external work, no, that's not, well, anyway. <coughs> um so yeah, so I did take a break from canvassing. I did not, um, I didn't do it this weekend. But what I did uh, do was um, I did start to put together a schedule for when I'm going to canvass for all of these other amazing candidates that I've been talking about. And um, and the other thing I, I started to learn about is that there's actually um, a lot of opportunities. Um, and this might be a good option for people who uh, can't go out canvassing or aren't comfortable doing it you can actually do um, text banking for a candidate. So it's sort of like a phone bank, but instead you're texting. And you're not using your own personal number. It's not like you're sending the text from your phone. It's actually done all online on the computer. And um, it's really interesting, right? Because you, um, so uh, the, the group that's doing it that I'm familiar with is, um, um, I think I found them through Turn PA Blue. But, um, but in general, they're called Red to Blue red number two blue and um they are um they're people from mostly from the mid-atlantic northeast area um, but there's a lot of people from new york and a lot of people from pennsylvania and they're doing a lot of different things to support these candidates that will flip seats um, and one of the things that they're doing are these text banks and um so it's actually pretty straightforward they have some really good guides um, about how you can um sign up and get involved and then they say you know at such and such a time on whatever day we're going to be texting for this candidate and you go and you read their candidate guide you learn all about them and their positions and then when the time comes you go on um, they use slack so you go on their slack channel and which is a um, like an online group chat sort of tool if you're not familiar with it but you go on slack and you say okay i'm ready and they'll give you 100 numbers or uh, 200 numbers or whatever you ask for and then you go on through the application um they use one called relay and uh the, you know those 100 numbers are assigned to you and through the website you send out the texts and then you kind of monitor them for replies so when the people reply to you they um <clears throat> you know they 
you're, you're usually uh, texting about a particular topic. So it may be, did you receive the absentee ballot that was sent to you? Or did you, um, you know, are you interested in coming to this event? Or, you know, whatever it is. So you record their responses, again, all through this website, through the application. And, um, and you just monitor it for the next couple days um, to, you know, to answer any questions. And the candidate guide really has pre-canned responses for just about anything they could ask you. Um, but if not, uh, you know, you post in the Slack channel and they get you an answer. So <laughs> it's a really good way to get involved if canvassing is not the right way for you to be involved right now for whatever reason. Um, so I highly recommend looking into that. I'll put a link to Red to Blue in the show notes so that you can get involved with them. I'm certain there are lots of other groups that are doing similar things. I just didn't know about this option until um, this week. So yeah, that's, um, that's something you can do instead of canvassing. And I think it's just as important, uh, maybe even more so. They say that uh, texting is uh, actually gets a much higher response rate than um, just about any other form of contact. So <clears throat> yeah, texting, good. Um, and, uh, let's see. Um, so something else I spent uh, a lot of time thinking about and working on this week is um, my policies. So more than one person has said to me, and these are sometimes people that I don't know, these are sometimes people who have found me through <clears throat> different ways, They've said, oh, I'd like to hear more about your policies or your positions on certain issues. And uh, so I've been talking a lot over the last 10 weeks about, you know, how I'm working on developing that. And I'm talking to real Philadelphians to see what they care about and things like that. And, um, and I'm doing, you know, I'm in learning mode. But I am starting to form some... Um, sort of tenants of my platform. And so I think I'm ready to start uh, putting that stuff out there. And so I took some steps this week to start to build a policy page on my, my website. I haven't published it yet because it's not, not complete. <laughs> it still needs some work. But um, I'm starting to get my head around what issues I want to focus on and um, you know the kinds of things that I want to cover there. So that, that's been... That's been very interesting for me. And, um, and then and one of those policies that, um, that I've been learning so much about, and I think I talked about this a week or two ago, but one of the things that I think is a significant problem in Philadelphia is, um, number one, the amount of available housing, but number two, the amount of affordable available housing. So I, I, I think I mentioned a week or two ago that we don't have... Um, the stock of, of available housing is low in the city, which is driving prices up. Um, and uh, so that's a problem. Uh, and I, it's such a complicated issue, right? There's so many layers to this issue. But if somebody ends up having to live in a, in a house or an apartment or whatever that is more expensive than they can afford, then it impacts their lives in so many ways, right? So they may have a roof over their head, but they may not know where their next meal is coming from. And they may not be able to afford to, um, you know, have a car to get to their job or, uh, you know, or things like that. So one of the things I think is really important uh, for city council to focus on is providing enough affordable housing um, so that people can 
have a decent life, right, in the city. And um, so one of the ways that this could be done, and I, I am certain that there are many, many ways, but one of the ways that I've been learning a lot about that I think is very interesting is this concept of mixed income housing. So, <clears throat> and actually, Philadelphia City Council had a bill up for consideration at the end of last year uh, uh, related to mixed income housing. So what that means is that um, when you're building a multi-tenant dwelling, so an apartment building or townhouses or things like that, um, you make them accessible to a people with a variety of income levels. And um, there are a lot of ways to do that. Um, there's actually already a provision in the uh, Philadelphia City Charter in the code that says <coughs> that, it, that it makes it an option for developers to include um, lower income um, housing, more affordable housing in, um, the, in, the, in the developments that they build. Um, and when they do that, they get some incentives. So they could build taller buildings, um, which would allow them to have more units and things like that, or, um, or some other things like that. Um, so that's an option in the, in the city code today. And last fall, um, a bill was introduced in city council to make that mandatory instead of optional. And it hasn't been passed. Um, I'm not sure if it um, just never came up for a vote or if, um, or if it did and, and, and was not passed. But either way, it hasn't, um, it hasn't become the law. It hasn't, the code hasn't been amended. It's still optional. And, <laughs> um, you know, I think that, I think that it's a really important option for Philadelphia to consider. Um, we, we really, we need to find ways to, you know, mixed income housing would help address the problems of, of, um, gentrification that we see in the city. And, um, you know, I just, I just think then we, what, when we have diversity in our neighborhoods, and that's diversity of race, diversity of socioeconomic status, um, uh, diversity of culture, when we have diversity in our neighborhoods, our neighborhoods are better, and they're more interesting, and they're, they're more sustainable. So I think policies like that are really important for improving the city of Philadelphia. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that <laughs> in the last week or so. Um, and then the last thing that I've been really talking a lot about this week, um, and I partially because when I saw my family yesterday, um, <coughs> you know, they asked me about this a lot. I hope I'm not coming down with another cold. I don't know why I'm coughing again. But um, so part, part of this, I think, came from um, talking to my family yesterday. Um, but I've been having this conversation with quite a few other people too. You know, people have been saying to me, you know, what really made you decide to run? What, you know, what was sort of the, the final straw that, that made you do it? And, um, so I've been, um, uh, my, my recent answer has been that, um, uh, yeah. I just feel like all of the things that I've been doing, all of the activism I've been doing, all of the volunteering that I do, it's still not enough. It's not enough to um, help make the world into the place that I know it can be. And so for me, the next logical step 
is taking this leap and running for office because if my activism and volunteer work is not changing the world enough, then I want to be able to change the policies that shape our world. And so that's one of the reasons why I decided to take the plunge here. And, um, and I think, you know, every time I get nervous or scared or overwhelmed, I come back to that reason and it reminds me why it's worth it, right? Why it's worth, you know, the things that I may be giving up and why it's worth the, um, scary factor that comes with it and why it's worth all of the putting myself out there. And, um, (coughs) yeah, so that has been on my mind this week too. Um, so, okay. So those, that's a lot kind of, I think for this week. And that brings me to the the three things that brought me joy. Still my favorite part of my week is reflecting on the things that bring me joy and um, so first was seeing my family yesterday. It was really good to see the Finn side of the family. And well, not all of them, but, but a lot of them. My cousin and uh, my cousins and my aunts and uncles and, um, you know, a lot of those people. And um, it was really good to see them. And, um, and, you know, it's the first time I've seen a lot of them since I announced that I was running for office. And uh, they're all really excited, which is which is nice. You know, it's always good to have that infusion of, of excitement from people who love you. Um, yeah. So, and it was really fun to see my cousin, um, you know, who was visiting, who's back home. Um, so yeah, she's actually, she, so she teaches English in Turkey and, um, and she has a one-year-old son who I hadn't met yet. And so I got to meet him too, my newest cousin. Um, and so that was really fun. And um, the second thing that's bringing me joy this week, so I talk a lot about my treasurer, Rupali, and she happens to be away on vacation this week and next week with her family. And so seeing all of her really fun photos online of their trip and of the great time that they're having, um, that's bringing me joy. I'm glad that she's getting a break. She really um, deserves that kind of uh, downtime and vacation. So Rupali, I hope you're having a great time. I miss you and can't wait till you get back, but I'm glad you're having a great time. <laughs> and, um, and the third thing that uh, bring is bringing me joy this week is um, taking action about writing down my policies. I think it's been weighing on me quite a lot that I haven't really had anything written down yet. Even though I haven't been ready to write it down, it's been weighing on me that um, that I don't have it written down yet because I want to be able to provide that information to people when they ask. And not everybody asks, but some people do. And for those people who care about it, I want to make sure I have that information for them. So um, taking the action this week to really sit down and say, I need to do this um, and, and take actions to actually get it started, that's definitely bringing me joy. So um, I think that's it for this week. And uh, I'm looking forward to the week ahead. And I hope you all have a great week. And I'll talk to you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to See Beth Run. Special thanks to local singer-songwriter Avi Wisnia, who graciously provides the music for this podcast. I'm Beth Finn, first-time candidate for Philadelphia City Council at Large. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to leave a review and check me out online at www.beth4phl.com and on social media at Beth4PHL. That's Beth4PHL. 
See you next time.